What is up, everybody? It is another episode of the Fight Talk podcast. We hope y'all had a good weekend. We had uh, we had a lot going on. Steven Jensen, I was down in Alabama doing some Haas uh, commentary for the old New South on IWTV. We had one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year for the UFC. It was a lot going on, man. Yeah, great weekend. We had a lot of that. We had AEW last night, which Boom. I thought I thought was an awesome show, except for the uh, the dud of an explosion at the end. But you know, we don't have to talk about that on the show today. <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, really good wrestling, great MMA show, MMA show, uh, the UFC 259. So a lot of good stuff to talk about. And like Mose was saying, he was doing stuff with New South this weekend, Friday and Saturday. They had the Haas tournament over there. You can watch it right now for free on IWTV.live, independentwrestling.tv. You can watch it. Use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, five days for free. You can watch both nights of the Haas tournament because it's available right there right now. And watch anything else you want for five days totally for free. Totally for free. Totally worth it. Do that ASAP. Um, we've got, of course, UFC 259 to break down. We're going to do a little prelim uh our prelims we're talking about those prelims but we're going to do a little preview for the fight night this weekend headlined by leon edwards and Bilal muhammad uh, a couple of big names on that card we've got of course ben rothwell dan ige gonna get into that but of course um the big news a lot of news out of ufc 259 the three title fights a loaded co- prelim card that had us excited that lived up i mean so many finishes on the early prelims, uh, a sick little KO to kick things off on ESPN. And then, of course, the absolutely smothered, loaded, and covered main card that was headlined by Polish Power Man. It was the decision win, the light heavyweight title on the line, defended by Jan Blachowicz, 49-46, 49-45, and 49 clear-cut win uh, for the champion and, and retaining over Israel Adesanya. Um, <clears throat> this went, I mean, I expected to be more like uh, more like his fight with Costa, Izzy. I thought this and that would happen. It, it, it wasn't, man. I mean, this was a, a really impressive win uh, for, for, for your boy, I'll say it. Yeah, I mean, I thought Blahovich looked great, and Adesanya looked really good, too. It was closer than what the scorecards indicated, I felt like. So, you know, huge props to Adesanya for jumping up a weight class. I mean, he came in at around 200 or so pounds uh, for the fight. And, you know, that's a big jump from 185 to 205. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he he really, I thought he proved that he can hang in there with the best guys, you know, in the world of light heavyweight, because obviously he just went to a decision with the champion. And I think Blahovich looked great. I think he he landed more. He was more uh, he was he had a smarter game plan, like for his striking and everything. And he was able to secure takedowns. And, you know, I bet you, you know, Yoel Romero has to be kicking himself because he had to have been watching that fight if he was watching and been like, oh, my God, if I would have just really worked <laughs> on because you know, Romero's an Olympic wrestler. For like, sure. Oh, yeah. And and we saw Blahovich go out there and take Adesanya down, you know, over and over. And it's like, if Romero could have won for some takedowns in his fight with Izzy, he probably would have won the championship. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, anyways, 
uh, Blahovich, yeah, I, th- I thought he looked great. And, you know, I was correct in my prediction of him winning. But, you know, he, he didn't win by KO, which is what I really predicted. But it was good to see Blahovich get the win. And it just continues to legitimize him as, uh, you know, the real undisputed champion, a light heavyweight with John Jones, you know, vacating the title. That makes it five in a row for Jan, nine of his last 10. The only loss, <clears throat> excuse me, since 2017 is to Tiago Santos. He, he lost by TKO back in February of 2019. But uh, yeah, the point being, uh, this guy does not lose a lot. Again, nine out of 10, five in a row gives Izzy his first loss in mixed martial arts. So the easy question that I think we're going to agree on pretty quick, right, for for both for either one of these guys moving forward is it, we got to get we got to get Glover and uh, crack at that light heavyweight title now. now. That's the move, right? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And I think that everyone's on board for that. There's no reason Glover should have to fight anyone else at this point to get a title shot. Uh, there's no clear cut, you know, anyone else that Blahovich could be fighting. There's no. No chance of, you know, a random middleweight coming up or anything like that that would jump over, you know, the rest of the division. Adesanya, of course, was an exception because he's, you know, the middleweight champion and he's been so dominant there. So, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, all signs clearly, clearly, I think, point to Blahovich versus Teixeira. And that's the fight that we've both wanted. That's the fight that yeah. realistically should have happened this past weekend, if we're being, you know, totally honest. Um, but you know, I know you'd agree with me because we talk about him a lot on the show, but, uh, I'm, I'm very much excited and looking forward to Blahovich and Teixeira because I think that they both match up very interestingly against each other. No. Yeah. That is a, there's so many levels to that. That's a fight that, uh, I'm excited for, for Glover for sure, because I mean, he absolutely could win that fight and we could be. You know, we talk about, I, I remember, I know it's been years and years ago, but it doesn't feel that long ago. Like the idea, you know, him fighting Bones, it was a forever. I mean, it's been forever and ever and ever ago. So to say, you know, that night to say, hey, in this many years, um, that guy's going to fight for the, the light heavyweight title against, you know, Jan Blahovich right now. This guy, he's, he's 38. I know he may feel a little younger but this guy's right there in that prime, man, 35 and up uh, in this MMA world. You see guys just really take you to that next level. So uh, a great age to be um, for Jan. And, and again, you know, five in a row, he's now defended that title. A lot of fighters will tell you you're not, you know, you're not the champ. So you defend it. He defended it against one of the biggest names in MMA right now. You said it, just a dominant guy, admittedly moving up a weight class, but that's a big fight. Um, it may not, I don't know how it would sell to the casual audience, but as, yeah, as a deep cut MMA fan, I mean, that's a, that's a main event, man. I mean, I, I would be fired the fuck up for that to be uh, one of the big summer fights we get. Um, I'm not sure that, that feels like it could be a big, um, a big pay-per-view or a big fight, uh, a big fight night card with how ESPN plus is. Um, I look forward to that, man. So what what's the move for Izzy? I mean, that's the big question. I mean, it may not even be that big of a question mark. Again, first MMA loss, and, and like you said, closer, I agree, closer than the cards say so, though I, I think unanimous decision, absolutely right for Jan. The kid, though, 20 and 1 now, um, Izzy, I say the kid, he's 31. Look, he's older than me, but whatever. Um, 20 and 1 now. First loss, though, Stephen Jensen, that first loss in MMA, I believe, I can't remember the exact record, but the day of the fight, I was just kind of, you know, looking at numbers. 
I think coming into this across, you know, kickboxing and boxing and everything else is done. I think he was like 106 or, or you know, what I mean? so, some crazy fucking record that like the kid doesn't he doesn't lose a lot. Like this man does not lose at all. So uh, how do you see him bouncing back from this loss? And who do you think is that next matchup? It's got to be a middleweight title defense, right? Yeah, for sure. I think he goes back to middleweight and it'll be interesting to see who he fights because before Adesanya moved up to fight Blahovich, Whitaker had just beat Cannoneer. And that was like basically Whitaker set himself up for a rematch with Adesanya. So all signs pointed to Whitaker Adesanya rematch, which I'm totally fine with. But now Whitaker is signed to fight Paulo Costa. Mm-hmm. So you have the winner of that who, if you're looking at rankings and who's fought who and all that stuff, um, in a perfect world, the winner of that fight would fight Adesanya next. And in that scenario, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I'm, I'm cool with the rematch for either guy, depending on the outcome of that fight. But what I think is actually even more likely is that Adesanya fights the winner of Darren Till versus Marvin Vittori because they're going to fight. And Darren Till and Adesanya really want to fight each other because they like each other and like their whole side of the world is that would just be a massive fight. Yeah, so that's, that's a number. I mean, that that would draw. Yes. And it's the only matchup of all these guys that we haven't seen Adesanya in because he's already beaten Whitaker, Costa mm-hmm. and Vittori. Yeah. So but Vittori hasn't gotten a title shot, but he, you know, he beat him before he was the champion. So um, so Darren Till is a fresh matchup and it's a huge sell and it's a fight that both guys want. So I think if Darren Till beats Marvin Vittori in their fight, I think they'll do Till versus Adesanya next. But like in a perfect world, if you were looking like what's the most logical based on the rankings and, and uh, you know, opponents and stuff. It would be the winner of Whitaker and Costa. But I'm going to say if Darren Till beats Vittori, it's Darren Till. And Vittori, until uh, until this weekend, the closest to beating uh, Israel Adesanya back in April of 2018, that was a split decision win um, that pushed uh, that pushed Izzy to 13-0. and I'm with you. That I think the the rankings and everything may say that the, that one fight is the number one contender. But no, it feels like Whoever comes out of Till Vittori really has, I mean, definitely is a, a, a argument from the uh, the draw side of things. Again, the business side of things. Um, that's that's good stuff, man. I'm excited to see how, you know, coming off a loss, uh, especially this kind of performance, which you, you started off with it. Um, a, a, a really good performance, man, moving up in weight against a guy that is at his comfortable weight, of course. I mean, he's a champ there. So nothing to hang his head at. 20-1. and one, um, I think that's a big fight either way, man. Darren Till, Israel Adesanya feels like a, a, a flat-out a flat out name draw that you're going to see on Twitter and the social media is just talking about it and, and the size difference and all that. That's good shit, man. Um, great main event. Um, before we talk about the co-main, uh, I wanna, let's talk about this Bantamweight title fight. There's plenty... I mean, this may be the biggest story coming out, obviously, of what happened in the fight. But I don't know. I, I didn't see this until literally right when you hit record. It popped up um, literally this morning. Today, we're recording this March 8th. Uh, Triple C is back. Did you know about this? Wait, what? No, I yeah, didn't. I guess while we were maybe while we were on our pre-production call, if, if you want to call it that, of us just kind of shit talking and laughing. Um, 
Henry Cejuda, apparently on Sports Nation on ESPN, uh, I'm going to read you the quote. I would personally like to line both Peter Yan and Al Jermaine curling Sterling Silver at the same time. I'd like to beat up both of them. You guys stay tuned. Triple C's coming back. Direct quote, Steven Jensen. I'm about to look that up right now. Oh, man. I'm going to have to, yeah. So, wow. So who yeah. might be back? His own words, I'm back. He wants to beat them both up. We know what happened, but, uh, we, you know, the DQ, illegal knee, uh, basically a, a, I saw someone compare it to Kota Ibushi, and I, like, nearly giggled myself to death. Um, <laughs> Al Jermaine Sterling wins the title, DQ, illegal knee in the fourth round. But um, new champ, I mean, that's a new champ. He 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 won it, uh, though he's he's got, we saw the, the clips and the celebration here and there. It was a, a, a very weird moment, weird night. And now here we go two days later with Cejudo. So I guess a two-part question, quick thoughts, of course, on what happened, what you were thinking, and then uh, uh, what, how does Cejudo fit into this? Dude, yeah, that's wild. Like, I mean, it's not really surprising, though, so much considering that Cejudo was still in his prime and the champion and basically a double champ. He never lost the flyweight title. And looking the best. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't ever not look good, but like that was like the best we had seen him. He was putting in those kind of performances. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was he was fighting a lot of the best guys in the world and multiple weight classes and. You know, I mean, I'd like to see him fight these other guys. Like, I'd like to see him fight Piotr Jan. I'd like to see him fight um, Aljamain Sterling. Uh, I'd I'd like to see him fight either. I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear though that you have to do Jan and Sterling yes. again, like as soon as possible. But you know that that was such a the really shitty thing too is like I was sitting there watching the fights with. I was with my stepbrother and my buddy Spencer and we were sitting there and when he had uh Sterling in that position where he was like on the ground, I was like, watch you just going to be like, fuck it and just throw the knee anyways. And then like within seconds, he actually did it. And I was like, no way. I cannot <laughs> believe he just actually did that. Like, yeah. And it was so blatant. Like, I, I mean, just really, really bonehead move by by Jan. Because um, he was winning that fight as far as I, I... Apparently, according to the judges, one of the judges had it for Sterling. The other two had it for Jan at that point. But I thought it was pretty clearly Jan winning the fight, you know, if it was me judging it. But regardless, it's one of those things where it's like, Jan would have most likely won the fight. I don't know why he did that. I don't think there was any confusion. Uh, the corner was apparently saying it, and like the referee yeah. was saying that he was downed. And there was yeah. something I saw. I don't know if it was on. I think it was on Twitter, Instagram, something. But there, yeah, that Jan had asked, you know, can is it illegal or whatever? And the, his corner was saying, "Do it." I, I mean, again, this was one of those. I was on the clock. I wasn't able to watch all of this live. Um, that I, I literally. I, I watched the two, the Nunez fight the and the Adesanya fight. That, those weren't spoiled for me. This one was because I had to. I heard about this knee. I had to look it up and see what happened. And just like you said, man, when I saw the setup there, it was just like, 
this isn't really going to happen. And of course it did. So there's a lot of confusion about it. Again, Jan or someone saying that his corner said it was legal. Obviously anyone, anyone that knows anything about the, the rules of MMA, especially the, using the octagon, that's not something you can do, man. Um, of course, which is shitty is, though, which is shitty oh, no, though because is. like, because it should be legal. Like yes, for being honest. Was, someone said that too. They were like, why? I, I don't watch UFC a lot. Why, why can't he do that? And you're like, I don't really know why. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a really, it's a dumb rule. It's similar to that, like the the twelve to the six to twelve yes. elbows. Yep. And stuff. yep. It's like these rules that don't make sense because, you know, obviously I liked you know pride back in the day where that kind of knee is legal, like knees to the head of downed opponents was totally fair game. I mean, you could even soccer kick people in the head and yeah. stuff back then. And there's varying opinions of you know the safety issues and stuff. I get I get that. Um, the main issue that I've heard when it comes to soccer kicks, for instance, is that in a ring, it's safer than in a cage because in a ring, your head can like like if you get kicked in the head, your head can like go out of the ropes. But in a cage, your head's like like stuck there and that can cause like a way bigger impact and stuff like that. So like I've heard, you know, arguments from both sides, but but I'll. I'll say this, if you're allowed to be, you know, like Michael Venom Page and knee somebody's skull, indent their skull with a knee standing, mm-hmm. how is there any proof that like that is less dangerous than what Yon did with Sterling? You know what I mean? Like if you can knee people in a clinch on the feet, in the head, why can't you knee them on the ground like that? And most fighters, I'm not saying Sterling is like, is like a chicken or anything. I'm definitely not saying that at all. But what a lot of fighters do and what Sterling was doing is it's a it's a defense mechanism where the only reason he was on one knee and had, you know, was putting a hand down is because the rules are so that he can't get kneed in the head if he's doing that. But the second his if his knee would have lifted off the ground yeah. half an inch, yep. that knee is legal. So what Yon done was a what Yon did was a bonehead move. It was totally illegal, and Sterling, you know, rightfully won the title off that DQ. Like, I don't have any problem with, like, what happened based on the circumstances. But there is also that argument to be made of, like, you know, why is that even fucking illegal to begin with? That Well, that, yeah, the you're saying the, the 6 to 12 or 12 to 6, however, those, those have always, I'm like, that... I get frustrated thinking about that. That's because you, you you try to explain, you know, when my wife and I started dating, she hadn't really watched MMA. So, of course, she's watching these fights and thinking it's, you know, like UFC one. It's there's no rules. It's fucking roadhouse. Um, so, you know, this or that happens. And I try to explain. And then she did just like, well, why not? It's a fight. And you're like, damn, she's, she's fucking right. Like, I, you're right. I don't know. Like, but that's just the rules of it, I guess. So, um I hate it, man. I hate that sat- how it's ended because I'm 100 million percent with you. I, I had it yawn winning. Uh, I thought, you know, again, fourth round, we we're, you know, it's not too far off from that going to those judges. Um, how soon? I know, of course, it, the we're not sure with injuries and whatnot um, coming out of this. How soon, though? I mean, surely we have this rematch, you know, it's March by June, you're thinking, right? In the next couple of months. Yeah, as soon as humanly possible. Like, I, I mean, I don't know to what extent Sterling, yeah, 
you know, yeah. maybe concussed or something. Because there was also people that were like saying that he took a dive and that he like played it off, like he was playing it up to to win. Like fuck that, he got need square in the fucking head. Like there was no acting, there was no. I mean, you know what? I I, I have no yeah, doubt in my TJ mind. Dillashaw, while we're on this, fuck him for that. Did, that he, was... did, did he say that? Dillashaw said some shit about how. He's a phony and he's fucking, he was, he's, he's an actor. He won an Academy Award or some shit. And I was like, bro, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Who the fuck is he to call anyone a fucking phony when yeah. he's the one failing? I mean, he had to vacate his, he, we didn't have to vacate his title because he lost to, well, no, he had to vacate the Bantamweight title. He went down to Featherweight and lost to Cejudo, but he was still the Bantamweight champion. Um, so yeah, he lost his, he lost his fucking title belt because, yeah, phony. He was taking PEDs and got caught. Like, fuck that. That's yeah, he so called lame. him. So sorry, I had to pull it up real quick. TJ Dillashaw called fucking. Uh, he called Algermain an actor, and he's called. He called Peter Yan a fucking cheater. TJ Dillashaw. How? Oh my! He's got. He has to be trolling. There's no way. Be. That's all. Like, that's all he's got. There's no way that he could possibly. Because here's the one thing about TJ Dillashaw. The only thing about him that I respect at this point, outside of like, you know, he's had some good performances, obviously. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll never forget him beating Hen and Burrell the first time, like, and all that. Like, you know. Nuts. But, great. Amazing footwork out of that guy. Really was. I mean, it was a great moment for Team Alpha Male, you know, all those guys who, you know, were trying to beat uh, Burrell and couldn't get it done. And then, you know, Dillashaw was able to do it and all. I mean, it was a great story, a great fight, all that stuff. But the one thing that I respected about him at all was that when he got caught cheating, he went on, like, he made a video and, like, straight up admitted it. Like, now, on one hand, it's like, he's a cheater, and he's definitely a cheater. Even he admitted it, like, you know, screw that guy. I get that mindset, too, and I feel like that to a a certain degree also. But I also kind of look at it where it's like a lot of guys would have just kept lying and doubled down. And he at least was like, yeah, this is, that is what I took. And this is the reason I took it. And I'm going to pay the consequence of not fighting for two years because of it. And hopefully come back after that. And it's like, okay. I mean, like he admitted to it. He took, he took the consequence. He's paid the consequence. I just don't think that he should be put into an immediate title fight after getting caught with PEDs. I just think that sends the wrong message about the entire sport. But there's rumors swirling. They're going to fight Sanhagen. Yeah, which is what they should do yeah. because of what happened with Al. Like for Sanhagen, it was worst case scenario on Saturday because yeah. <laughs> he was for sure going to get the winner of that fight, and he still might. But now he's going to have to probably beat Dillashaw. So, um, so yeah, Sanhagen, that's just just unlucky. Um, you know, that's happened to fighters in the past too, where you know every now and then that kind of stuff will happen. Like I remember it happening with. Uh, when Frankie Edgar and um, when Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard had to like they they fought to a draw and had to run it back again, I'm pretty sure that was when yeah yeah if I so this I remember now they I remember they fought they fought to a draw. Benson Henderson had just come over from they just absorbed the WEC. Yep. So Benson was supposed to fight the winner of that fight. No no was it. Well, no, it was uh, Showtime. Showtime was supposed to fight the winner of that fight. And then Showtime lost to Clay Guida. Like, he took a fight instead because yep. it was going to take so long for that rematch. 
So the same kind of thing could happen to Sanhagen, and that would really suck. Um, but, but yeah, all that being said, like, for like I said, for Dillashaw to be calling people a cheater, I you he has to. I mean, I have to believe he's only saying that because he knows that he's trolling. Like, there's he's no going full other. six nine. That's what you're telling me, Takashi. He's going full Takashi six nine, just leaning into that shit. Might I mean? I guess so. I I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you would do that, but. Yeah, I mean, it, but and I'm also very excited to hear. I mean, if Cejudo is actually making a return, I I would love to see him fight. You know, but once again, it can't be at the expense of like if Sanhagen beats Dillashaw, you gotta do Sanhagen for the title against whoever wins their rematch between Sterling and Yawn. But the the loser of that maybe uh, maybe Cejudo like as like a well. To be fair, though, Cejudo should get a fucking title shot in his return. Yeah, I was I was about to so, say, you can't yeah. have him come back and it really not be a title shot, honestly. Yeah, really. That's really true. I mean, especially, yeah, if it's at Bantamweight, he he never even lost that belt. I would... If I'm Corey Sanhagen, if if, I, if they announced that I, fought, I got Dillashaw contracted out, like... I beat Dillashaw, and what I'm doing, I'm calling out Cejudo if I'm him. I'm saying, I'll fucking fight you right now, dog. Yeah, I mean, that would be a risky fight for both guys. Yeah. Um, but the winner of it would definitely be fighting for the title. But, but I mean, really, I mean, maybe... It also depends on Cejudo's timeline, I guess, too, of like when he'll be ready to fight, because if they can let the Sanhagen stuff play out first, and then... Like, I'd have no problem if Sanhagen fought the winner of Aljo and Jan, and then Cejudo fought the winner of that, yeah. like, yep. after Sanhagen got his chance. I'd have no problem there. Yeah, but I just, I mean, I don't want to get too excited, but I just feel like if you're, if Cejudo really is saying this stuff, like, I'm back and I'm I'm ready to light these dudes up, you got to feel like sooner rather than later. So if, if I'm Corey Sanhagen, I'm feeling... A little, yeah, like you kind of, you said it best, like things really could not have been worse coming out of this weekend, especially here we are with now another legit contender, the champ, man, the guy the, the that if he hadn't retired, you know, who knows how many dubs he may have lined up um, coming back. So Corey Sanhagen, Dillashaw, if that comes true to form, um, I really am thinking, you know, you got to, someone's got to. If you can't fight, we know this rematch is going to happen. You can't fight for the title. Then the, the name you want on your mouth come out is Sahuda right now because that, you know, that's a that's a big fight with or without gold because of what Triple C represents. Oh yeah, I mean, and just a great fighter, just a really Absolutely. great fighter. So Absolutely. yeah, I'm all I'm all for Triple C coming back. I mean, he's only been out for I mean, it's been less than a year. Less than yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, so that that was a surprise. Uh, be on the lookout for Cejuda News. Once again, Aljo, your new bantamweight champion. Be on the lookout for that rematch. Uh, ASAP, our final title fight to talk about today. Amanda Nunes, man, we, this is probably our shortest little talk about these title fights because it's what we expected, man. Uh, the, the the lioness goes out here, beats Megan Anderson in the first round, triangle armbar, uh, defends that women's featherweight title. 
I mean, she's she just it's Amanda Nunes, man. That's the goat, right? She is exactly what I expected. Uh, you know, anyone that would listen, that was, you know, what what kind of odds do you give Megan Anderson? And man, she's that's a hell of a fire. But like, it's just different with Nunes. I was not surprised. This was this had me fired up, man. Another win for her, bro. Yeah, a complete domination. I mean, there's really not a whole lot you can say about it. She just yeah. walked her down, beat her up, and. I mean, that was really it. I mean, she put her, that triangle armbar was nasty. Like, put her, <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, just completely dominated her. And the real question is, you know, what's next for Nunez? Because, I mean, there's not even rankings for women's featherweight. And she's beaten anyone who, you know, would fight at 145. She's pretty much done the same at Bantamweight. Anyone that, in anyone interesting, like, She's already beaten. So, like, what do you do? And I really feel like it's the time's probably right. Like, if, if Shevchenko beats Andraj in their yeah. fight, yeah, yep. that's coming up in like a month or two. If they, if, if Shevchenko beats Andraj, then I feel like you got to do Shevchenko and Nunez at Bantamweight. Uh, it's, a, it's the third fight that they'd have. Um, you know, the last one was a split decision. So, like, there's a, it's competitive enough that they I'm cool with them running it back, even though, you know, Nunez won, won both of their fights. But um, I feel like that's the only fight that makes any sense for Nunez right now, unless she wants to just, just start running it back against women. She's already beat, but I, I just don't know what her, it's going to be tough to get, to keep her motivated probably outside of like, you know, the money she makes fighting, you know? Yeah, 12 in a row now, and uh, I was just about to say the, the same thing, man, in the sense that Nunes, you know, we know she started a family now. Um, I, I think that's the big money fight. I, I am with you one more time with Shevchenko. Um, that that would be a big-time fight on a big-time card. Uh, I don't Again, I don't know if there's time to do it. It's kind of weird uh, with the schedule, but... That feels like a, um, you know, the the July card, that fight week card in uh, non-COVID times. Like, that's a fight that we'd see on that big, the big money card. So I, I would not be shocked to see her come, you know, come back, maybe fight Shevchenko again, maybe get a, a, a nice little check and then take some time away because it's just what you said, man. You're, you know, bantamweight champion, featherweight champion. Uh, I'll just, let me just play devil's advocate for a second. What are your thoughts what about Amanda Nunes fighting uh, Shevchenko for the flyweight title? Like, just hypothetically. Like, if Nunes could cut all the way yeah, down like Yeah, like, I mean, let's just let's just say she could. Like, I don't, again, I'm with you. I think Bantamweight's the weight there. But, again, the three-weight division champ? I don't know. I mean, if Nunes was willing to cut, I would for sure want to see that fight at, feather, at um, flyweight, for sure. Because... Shevchenko is going to be out. She's going to be in the same position. She's going to be out of opponents out yep. if she beats Andrade. And she's lucky Andrade came to the division because, you know, she was the Bantamweight champion for a very short time. And then, you know, went, you know, came down and she knocked out, um, I think it was Chukagian when she, in her debut at the weight class. And it's like, well, you beat the number one contender. You knocked her out, I think it was in the first round. So it's like, so Shevchenko is lucky that Andrade is even there because otherwise it Shevchenko would be in the same boat where she'd be like rematching women or, you know, Lauren Murphy's you know really good and she hasn't gotten her chance yet. But outside of that, it's like 
she's really, really running out of contenders she hasn't already beaten. And everyone she's defeated, it's been either like a dominant knockout or like a really one-sided decision. So like, I, I'm totally fine with that. Whatever weight class they want to do Nunez and Shevchenko at would be fine with me, but it'd be the most in. It'd be the most fair at bantamweight, probably. Yeah, but it'd be, I agree. It, it would be the most interesting at flyweight, though, because because you would have to kind of favor Shevchenko because Shevchenko's used to making the weight, and like we wouldn't know how depleted Nunez might yeah. be going into the fight. So, um, Big but it, question mark, but that yeah. feels like, this from a, again, we're looking for a story. There's a story there, at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, the one thing you can say for Shevchenko outside of, you know, the split decision is like, you know, Nunez has proven that she can do what she does at, you know, featherweight. And she's proven she can do what she does at bantamweight. But Shevchenko, like had Shevchenko never fought at bantamweight, we would have just like, we'd be talking about her in the same light almost like because of what she's done at flyweight. Like if she only fought at flyweight, so it's one of those things where, like, Shevchenko's been basically equally as dominant as Nunez has, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, to a degree. I mean, Nunez is the GOAT, and Nunez has been more, like, the way she's taken out some of these opponents have been, you know, more impressive, for sure. But then you also have, like, Shevchenko, the way, way she, you know, head-kicked Jessica I and stuff like that, like, super devastating knockouts and stuff, too. So, like, I guess my point kind of is, Shevchenko's best weight is flyweight. Nunez's best weight is probably bantamweight, but like she's been super successful at featherweight as well. So we haven't seen the two of them fight at Shevchenko's best weight, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, again, I think that's a it's a cut, it's a hell of a cut for Amanda Nunez. I'm so you, I think you're just so used to seeing she doesn't have at first glance the most impressive body. I guess it's not like a Jessica draw. You're just like, holy shit, it's a tank, but. Nunez, a lot of muscle on her, and and I just it's a big question mark. But I also feel like we're talking about motivation, man. Three weight division champ, um, like you're saying, you know, I'm gonna come down to your weight uh, and and beat you. That feels like something Amanda Nunez would want to prove to herself and to to us, to Amanda, the public, bro. That again, my favorite Nunez story was that that card um, in Atlanta when Robbie Lawler lost to Woodley at the the weigh-ins. She she wanted to fight Ronda Rousey, like. When fucking no one, you know, like they were like, who knows how many weight division, like no one wanted to mess with Ronda Rousey. And here's a man Nunez, like people laugh when she said it. And I remember looking at my, my wife and just being like, yo, I like this chick already with the fact that she's calling this shot. And here we are all these years later, man. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories uh, in all like in our lifetime, right, of MMA. Like I, that's how much I've loved watching this Amanda Nunez story grow, man, like it feels like a, a bigger sense of what happened with Biz being like all of these kind of names were getting recognition. And then there was that man, Biz being fucking rose up and got his moment. And like, we'll always have that. And uh, Nunez has now took that. And she like, I put her in my five goats right now, bro. Like across all weight divisions, anything, what we've seen out of her again, 12 in a row. Um, I'd l- I want to see that fight. I'm with you. Whatever weight class we're in, give me, give me that one. And then, uh, get get Amanda Nunez uh, a, a nice fat check, Dana, please. Um, so two retentions. We have one new champion out of the three. Of course, there were some shenanigans there. We're going to run that one back. The uh, the other two on this main card, we had open things up. Alexander Rakic beat 
Tiago Santos, uh, 29, 28, 29, 28, 30, 27, unanimous decision win. That's that's a big deal for I mean, it's a big win. Don't get me wrong for Rakic, but that is uh, that's three in a row now for Santos, though. We, we talked last week about, you know, Jones to share than this one. Not a bad three, but three losses in a row now for Tiago Santos, man. Um, what did you think when you uh, when you heard the cards read? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with the decision. It was a good fight, though. And yeah, I mean, Rakic deserved the win. Hey, he's and he's just kind of somewhat quietly just been rising the ranks slowly at light heavyweight. And, you know, this will put him at, you know, has this already been updated? I don't know if this has already been updated or not, but they got, oh no, it hasn't because they have Santos at number two still. So yeah, Rakic is about to probably be right underneath Glover Teixeira as far as in the rankings. It'll be Blahovich is the champion, Glover at one, and probably Rakic at two. So he's put himself in a, in some great position here because maybe you do Rockich and like Dominic Reyes next or something like that. Oh, or yeah. like, or uh, Yuri Prokofka, however you say his name, um, maybe something like that. Cause, um, but Rockich is probably one, he's probably one win away from getting a title shot. Yeah, no. And I'm looking at his record now, 14 and two, his only loss in, in the octagon, split decision loss to Volkan Ozdemir back in December of 2019. Uh, his only other loss was in his first ever career fight back in 2011. Uh, so, you know, good wins over Jimmy Manawa, of course, his last two uh, over Lionheart, and then of Santos, of course, the decision this past Saturday. So it feels like some momentum growing there, man. Um, before we talk about the Dober, the Dober's submission loss, what what what's the What's the move now for Santos, right? It's three in a row. This, you know, a, a great performance out of Rakic, but again, not, uh, you know, not quite Jones, 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 fucking bones. And then we already agree Glover probably going to get a title shot next. So um, not bad losses at any means, but three in a row. Where, where would you like to see Tiago Santos fight next as far as, you know, it's it can't be that contender level, right? We've kind of maybe drop it down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I'd I'd have him fight like someone in maybe closer to like the bottom half of the top fifteen, or maybe someone from like fifteen to twenty, just because I think he's still capable of beating really good fighters. It's just you have to you got to see exactly where he's at. Um, luckily for him, his losses are to to you know the best guys in the division. So if he you know, if he goes out there and he beats like a, uh, I don't know, if they did him like Paul Craig or something, and he beat Paul Craig, that's a big win. But it's also a really big win for Paul Craig if Craig gets that. So, like, um, I'd say something like that. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, that's the move, man. You know, you can't, it's it's scary, though, because of the, the cuts we have been seeing, right? I mean... Big names, uh, legends. So uh, it's, JDS, it, JDS, and yeah. Overeem both on the same day. Both on the same day, which I think. I mean, I wasn't as shocked as a lot of people were. You and I talked about it. You know, just with how cuts have been. Um, maybe a little surprised by Reem, but not. You know, I wasn't just floored. So uh, three losses in a row is not good. But I think just what you said. We maybe if we 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 have him fight that level you're at. And that's a fourth loss. Then I'm getting really nervous, um, but still um, not the best spot. Uh, it's tough, man, for Santos. Three in a row, going to hopefully come back. 
Um, needs a dub next for sure. Um, be on the lookout for Rakic, Alexander Rakic, really making waves. The final fight on this main card, our uh, second fin. I guess it's, it's we had a DQ and two finishes. I guess is how I'll say this. Um, this main card submission, arm triangle choke in the third round. Islam Makhachev defeats Drew Dober. Um, nice win in the lightweight division, man. The good little scrap, and then he got the finish. Yeah, dude, Makachev is legit as fuck. Like he, you know, Habib trains him, and like yep. he's like the next breed of of guys. Like he completely dominated Drew Dober. I figured that Makachev's wrestling was going to be a problem, but like I, I took Dober in my predictions because Dober's knockout powers, you know, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But it was a really, really bad pick because Makachev completely dominated him on the ground, and. You know, at this point, I got to pull it up, but he's won probably his last, you know, five to six or seven or something like that in a row. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row. Um, I mean, his only loss was 2015. He got knocked out. But outside of that, he has been very, very impressive. And after the fight, he was calling out Tony Ferguson. And I think that's a nightmare of a matchup for Ferguson. So, um Makachev is he's a guy to definitely uh keep your eyes on right now and he's a guy who's going to be especially with if Habib is true is you know if he's actually retired um even though Dana White said he's going to be meeting and having dinner with Habib again soon um but if he's really gone that opens it up more for Makachev because the two of them would never fight each other and now it's something where he doesn't really have to worry about Habib being the champion and he can really like go after the title so um, I think I think Makachev is going to be a really really big problem for a lot of people lightweight. Yeah, you, I believe you kind of were, we were talking about this last week, and that's what you were uh, like. You say I know you, we both were were high on Dober, but you were saying, man, this this is the guy to watch out for. He proved uh, he proves right there the finish nineteen and one at the ripe old age of twenty nine years old. Uh, definitely be on the lookout for this uh, this young gun, man. That's 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 next level crazy fucking uh, wrestling. Uh, and again, the 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 finish third round, um, hell of a main card. Again, the, the DQ illegal knee that shit sucked. Um, I, this was another a lot of expectations. Some people said they were let down, but um, the Blahovich performance, Amanda Nunez with that dub was dope. Um, again, this the submission win, um, and then the uh, the Rakic fight out of the gate. Man, not a bad uh, main card at all. We we finished the prelim card off. Uh, the, the main prelim card on ESPN headlined by Dominic Cruz back in the cage, got the split decision win. The cards went as follows 30, 27, 29, 28, 28, 29. That one being for Casey Kenny. Uh, how would you feel? Uh, what, you know, where are you at with Dom moving forward after this win? I mean, I'm great with Dom after this win. Cause Casey Kenny's a stud and that fight was yes. really damn. Yeah. That fight was I think really people, good. See people, people again, maybe it's, I, I shouldn't get as excited as I do, but they were, people were kind of, I don't think sleeping on Casey Kenny. This was one of like, maybe the legend of Dom Cruz heard him in this one. Cause so many of the casual fans are like, ah, oh, split this and that. And I'm like, yo, that's a big win for Dom. Yeah, it really is. Like Casey Kenny is no joke. I don't know what he was ranked going into the fight. I can find out real quick. He was probably like towards the bottom half of the top 15, I would guess. Um, Casey Kenny, actually unranked. So probably, 
I bet if this was to expand to the top 20, he would have been probably right outside the top 15. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dominic Cruz, this is exactly what Cruz needed, though. He needed a fight against a tough guy who is like, you know, just a dangerous opponent. And they both, you know, stood and banged. And Cruz went for takedowns at, at points, which I was surprised with. I thought that Cruz would really want to stand there and, and strike. But you know, he was going for takedowns and it was it was a really good fight. And Cruz proved that he can still hang with, you know, the up and comers and, you know, the really tough guys. And, you know, I think he'd do great against some of the veterans in, in the division. Like, I think him and Aldo would be really interesting, for instance. Um, so. So, yeah, I think that uh, I, I think this was a really good win for Dominic Cruz and it proved that he can he can definitely still go. And yeah, good stuff. Yeah, his story is another one of those, right? So great in the WEC, um, and then he beats fucking Mighty Mouse in 2011. We don't see him for three years. He knocks out fucking uh, Mitsugaki. I'll never forget how just in a minute, like, fucking puts him down. Don't see him for nearly two years. Beats Dillashaw. Beats Faber the same year. Loses to Cody Nolove. We don't see him for four years. He, uh, he loses to Cejudo, which we've, we've already raved about Henry Cejudo tonight. And then now this, um, a, a little less than a year since that loss to Cejudo. So this guy, again, so much determination. Um, it would have been so easy with, you know, to rest on your laurels. I know he's hungry. I know I get all that. But, like, that it, you know, to have that much layoff, that many injuries, the, the story of it, man, it's so incredible. So happy to see Dom and I had a again a buddy asked me how do you see this fight going I said I really like Casey Kenny man but you know Dom's footwork it's legendary Dominic Cruz footwork um I, I don't know if there's any I, I'll, I don't I don't think there's anyone else that ever I'd rather just watch their fucking feet for 25 minutes bounce around and in and out um so I was I'm with you fired up decision uh split decision win over Casey Kenny back in the win column First win since 2016 for Dominic Cruz, bro. That was our main event, if you will, of the prelim card. We also had on these uh, these ESPN prelims, Kyler Phillips over Song Yudong, unanimous decision win. This was super tight, bro, 29-28 across the board. Asker Askarov uh, beats Joseph Benavidez, 30-27 uh, for two, and then 30-26 for that final judge. That was a catchweight, though. I believe Asker, he did, came in a little overweight. Um, and then we started things off on ESPN with that knockout win for Kai Kara France that actually netted the young man 50 G's. Um, what were your thoughts on these, man? I know we, we were hyped about the song fight. Um, and then we, you were, I think we, we, one of the main things I remember you talking about was like, watch out for this, you know, Kai Kara France coming in. That'll be fun. And it was. Yeah, you know, Car France, I like seeing him because he trains with Adesanya, so them being on the same card. I, yes. I I think it's I think it's cool when people who train together fight on the same show sometimes. Um it was interesting though because at the end of the Kai Car France fight, basically he lands the knockout punch. The you know, um Bontorin like literally face down on the yep. mat and Herb Dean like did another one of those weird like stop the fight, but like Car France like didn't see if it was stopped for sure, and then Herb kind of got out of the way. So Car France went back to like try to hit him again after the fight was over because he wasn't sure if it was over, and like it just was another just weird Herb Dean like he seems very very um 
unsure of himself lately as far as like when the pull when to pull the trigger on when to end fights like he's it's been a lot of stuff lately where he like gets in the way or like goes in to stop it then literally changes his, his mind at the last possible second and like bumps into a fighter so that fighter thinks the fight's over and like it's it's been kind of a mess with herb dean lately so i just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out um i mean luckily he wasn't being accused of you know smelling like beer and cigarettes like what you know dominic cruz said about Keith Peterson. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but Keith, I remember Dominic pre-fight going into this fight this weekend. He said he didn't care who the ref was as long as it wasn't Keith Peterson. Cause like, he just <laughs> won't let him ref his fights anymore. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there was that. Um, so great win for Cara France. Askar Askarov, like I called that in my predictions. I said, I thought he'd beat Joseph Benavidez and he yep. dominated him. I uh, looked great out there. And, I know that Dana White, after the fight, was asked if he needs to have, you know, that conversation with Benavidez about, you know, what his future looks like. And Dana was basically like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll talk. Um, So that could be the end of Joseph Benavidez in the octagon. Maybe they'll give him like one more retirement fight or something. But um, I think the end is near for him. Uh, He's losing to very good fighters, but he's, I think everybody is fully accepting at this point like benavidez and the and dana white and everybody i think accepts at this point that like he's never going to be the world champion so like you know what we got to figure out what his motivations are to continue to fight basically and who he wants to keep fighting yeah so so there was that and then yeah kyler phillips in what i would consider to be an upset over song yadong for uh, sure you know, close fight uh song young song yadong won uh, one of the three rounds, but uh, Kyler Phillips get the job done. So, you know, good stuff. And then on the early prelims, it was pretty much all finishes. So like, yeah. it, it really, uh, there's some pretty wild stuff there. Um, like, I mean, Sean Brady beating Jake Matthews. I didn't see that coming. And it was like this super impressive uh, triangle choke. Uh, I mean, th- there was a lot of really back and forth stuff. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it was a, it wound up being a really, really good show. The only damper on it was that, um, that yawn illegal knee and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Sterling can't be faulted for that at all. Obviously that that's all on yawn. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. And how about the Tim Elliott beating up Jordan Espinosa and then calling like a wife beater and shit, bro. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, he really beat him up. Like, Yo, yeah. one of the judges gave it a 30, 25, Yep, 3027, 3027, 3025 for Tim Elliott. Domination. Yeah, bro, which I really said. don't, which I really don't mind, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Like, I just wish it was more consistent as far as yeah. other judges giving scores like that. Because I it, personally speaking, based on how the rules and the, the scoring is set up, there should be more 10-8 rounds. And there yeah. should be more 10-7 rounds. There really should. But because it's so rare. And because it's so common to do 10 nines in, in almost any scenario outside of like a total ass kicking. But because of the way the rules are, like you really should see more 30 25s out there and stuff like that. It's just, um, so it's one of those things I just wanted to point out. Like, I don't disagree with 30 25 because one of the judges gave two 10 8 rounds and the other two judges gave them 10 nines, but they probably should be 10 eights. Like, if you're really using the scoring how it should be used. Yeah, I think I feel that there are times that 
they just like they don't want to give it a ten. You know what I mean? They like ten. We'll give it a ten nine, and I, I'm with you, man. Like need more consistency. Um, th- that's that side of the fight game where we could just we could really have a whole show just kind of shitting on yeah. this and that. But uh, but but yeah, I, you bring up a great point. The same way, um, how many? That's our joke, right? There's always one judge that you're like. There's always that one card that you're kind of scratching your head on. I think it's just. It's part of the game. I don't know, man. UFC 259, hell of a pay-per-view. Uh, let's. I guess we'll keep a track now. What? What's? What's the thumbs up or thumbs down? Was this worth the uh, the extra price point um, on the pay-per-view? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, yeah, same. I mean, if I I don't. I'll put it this way. I don't think any UFC show should be seventy-five dollars, <laughs> but because that is what the price is set at. Or, you know, I think, it, I don't know exactly what the exact price is. I get it for 70 but it's because I'm already paying for ESPN Plus, so it's probably really more like $75, i am guessing. Probably, but, yeah. uh But, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. So, like, if, that, if that's the price, then, yes, this was worth the money because they gave us three title fights. The other two main card fights were very good and had, you know, legit implications within their divisions. Uh, the free fights on ESPN leading up to the show were a lot of really great fighters. There was a lot of great action on the on the early prelims, a lot of good finishes. So it's like if the if the price is seventy five dollars and that's what the normal price is, this this was so so it's one of those things like on paper, we talked about it a lot with the previous pay-per-view that was headlined by Usman and Burns, where it was like there's no way a lot of people are gonna spend seventy five dollars on this. And I think the the pay-per-view uh, buy rate estimates reflect that. But I think that, I think this was, this was worth 75 bucks. And I think that the next pay-per-view on paper, like it should be as well, considering we're getting Stipe and Nganu and we're getting, um, what's the other title fight on that oh, it's, one? Um, it's, oh, it's Volkanovski and T-City. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which is a banger. That That's a great, great matchup too so that like that right there those two title fights alone yeah that's worth the money too so if they continue to put on shows with you know (laughs) multiple title fights and if there isn't multiple title fights like big stars or fights that are really exciting and really matter in the divisions then uh then yeah i mean i think they can keep getting away with paying with with charging as much as they do because once again i think they're overpriced to begin with but but like there's nothing any of us can really do about that side of it. So, yeah, two uh, just mentioned UFC 260. That's the end of the month, March 27th. Of course, that big old rematch between Miocic and Nganu, T City Volkanovski, Tyron Woodley, Vincente Luque, and Sean O'Malley back in the cage with Thomas Almeida. Uh, that again, March 27th, end of the month there. This weekend, however, we've got ourselves a fight night headlined by man i'm really fired up for this one because a leon edwards has been looking to fight a motherfucker but we're looking to fight cat uh jameov if i'm being honest but we we know what's going on there i'm excited for him to be in the cage i'm really excited man for Bilal muhammad this is a big time fight big place to be big main card main event espn plus um we've mentioned before danny gay's on this card ben rothwell's on this card eric anders darren stewart we'll get into some of this but but we gotta get in this main event man how do you see it playing out between leon and Bilal? i mean i gotta go with leon but 
Bilal, I mean, he fought what, like two weeks ago was, or something? I was just looking. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah, that was February 13th. Yeah, so I mean, and that was a good win over Diego Lima, but and you know, he's on a, a four fight win streak. Uh, beat Lyman good in his second to last fight, former Bellator champion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Bilal Muhammad's been a good fighter for a long time, and he has been really under the radar. And his only losses are to very good fighters. So, you know, it's I, I'm really happy for him that he's in this position because obviously this was supposed to be Tremayov, and who knows what's really going on there because yeah. you know he said he was going to retire, but then Dana was making it sound more like that was kind of a mistranslation kind of thing. And like Chimeyov should be back in like June. So, um, but anyway, it's a very big opportunity for Muhammad and he's a guy who has a great Twitter, by the way, I've been following him for a long time and I think he's hilarious. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, but this is also Edwards big opportunity to like, if Edwards wins this fight, there really is no, I mean, I guess you can argue against some of the people he's beaten, like as whether or not he should get a title shot. But if he beats Muhammad, I, I got to pull his record up. But it's like, how many in a row is that? Like, it's definitely over 10. Um, oh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So it'll put him at nine. Uh, his last loss was to Usman. Uh, unanimous decision. So, you know. I, I, I've said it plenty of times before. I think that Leon Edwards already, like if Leon Edwards was getting a title shot right now, I wouldn't be upset about it. Like if he was just the next challenger, it wouldn't upset me. So I feel like if he goes out there and he beats Muhammad, especially if it's, if he finishes him, you got to put him in there against Usman again. Um, you know, I don't know when that happens because we have to wait for him and Masvidal to play out and all that stuff probably. But, um, but yeah, that all being said, I am taking Edwards. I think his hands are just going to be a problem because his boxing is just very, very, very good. And uh, and yeah, so I'm going to go with Edwards. What about you? Yeah, I want to pick Muhammad. Uh, like you, I've just been a fan of this guy for a while. He's been one. I can't, I want to say, I mean, it had to be early in his, when he got in the octagon that I really kind of was like, I like how he fights. I like his look. Like you said, the Twitter account's good shit. Um so, yeah, I, I want to pick him. I hope he has a great performance. I'd love to see him get the win, man. This would be a definite upset, but I, I got to go Leon Edwards. I want to argue that Leon's. it feels like he spent the last year getting ready to fight Chimeyov, and this is a different kind of uh, different kind of opponent, absolutely. But, you, I mean, you, the, the boxing, uh, Edwards is going to use that boxing, get the win. Um, and he's almost in that spot that Sanhagen may find himself in of, like, When's Leon Edwards finally going to get that big call, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, now, to be fair, he what's well, kind of like to be fair, but also what it wasn't fair. So, like, he was supposed to fight Woodley in the main event of that um, that fight night, like right when COVID was starting to get really bad, like with like the traveling and stuff. So at one point, like he was supposed to fight Woodley and then um when the fight fell through between Usman and Burns, it was going to be Edwards and Burns, or sorry, Edwards and Usman. They gave Edwards the first opportunity at the title, Mm -hmm. but because he was, you know, overseas and he didn't want to like deal with everything going on in the world, like I, which is totally understandable, but 
because Edward Edwards was the first pick there, but then they went with um, Masvidal, and that was you know the short notice fight. But so Edwards like has been in this conversation for a while about you know getting a title shot, but yeah, it's just it's just been really unlucky, you know, between COVID and between the you know Tremayov, uh, which is also COVID related, but you know mm-hmm. that that fight you know, getting canceled and pushed back and canceled and all this stuff. And, um, he just really, yeah, just really, really unlucky. And the, and the most, what really sucks too for him is we've talked about it before, but he has that, this built in, you know, big money fight with Masvidal. That's right there that the company just isn't doing. And he went to a decision against Usman, the current champion. Like he has, you know, he has, he has beef with Covington, like in that, like there's all these, opportunities for him to have big fights and instead they were going to put him in there as like Chimeyov's big test to like try to push Chimeyov basically um you know if Edwards would have won that would have helped Edwards of course but like it seemed pretty clear that it was like they chose Edwards as like the sacrificial lamb like yeah you know if Chimeyov knocks out Edwards Chimeyov is like the next star at this weight class kind of thing so um so yeah, Edwards is just—it's just been a really big mix of like just a lot of bad luck over and over, really. Well, that's how the fight game works, man, and it feels like it, it, we take for granted sometimes how just kismet it is to have ev- you know everything line up the way it has to um, to get in that title, to to do the work, to to get in that position, be healthy, have everything go the way you need it to, man. We we often take that for granted, so. Uh, for Leon, man, uh, if he goes out there and gets a finish, just going to add to that that feeling of wins my time. And of course, is your main event Saturday night. The uh, the the main card littered with some names again. We got Ben Rothwell versus Felipe Lenz, Dan Ige in there with Gavin Tucker, um, Eric Anders and Darren Stewart. Again, I mentioned it, that one just feels like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what on this main card um, really kind of would be a couple you would circle. I know we're both pretty high on Ige. Yeah, for sure. Like I loved Ige's fight with uh, Calvin Cater. I thought that was awesome. And Ige's last few, like his two before that, his wins over Barbosa and Bechtek were both split decisions. Like just super close, competitive, entertaining fights. The guy goes out there and he puts on exciting fights. And um, he's the kind of guy that the UFC definitely wants to have on their roster. So I, I like it. I like that a lot. And who's his opponent? Gavin Tucker. Mm-hmm. He's coming. He's coming off three wins. Been in the UFC since 2017, but like really under the radar. Um, yeah, I mean, looks like he could be kind of dangerous on the ground. I don't know a ton about him, but I mean, I got to go with Ige just based on who he's shared the octagon with, who he's gone toe to toe with. I mean, just the fact that he has wins over Bechtick and Barbosa, like split decisions that were just like damn good close fights against two really tough guys like that. And then once again, the Cater fight. Was a, a unanimous decision loss, but it was like Danny Gay put up with some serious punishment and was fighting back for like most of it. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to go Danny Gay there. And then, like as far as these other fights, like Serkinov and Span could be really good. Um, Span's coming off the loss to Johnny Walker, but before that, he had won his last was this like seven in a row, something like that. Serkinov's coming off his win over Jimmy Crute via Peruvian necktie, which is a sweet submission hold. Hell yeah. 
um, he just really hit or miss because like he like wins and loses and wins and loses. So he's got to he's got to get in a rhythm. Um, but I am going to take Serkinov in this fight because I think he's just he's a bit more um, a little more dangerous. Like I think I think he has more ways to win. So uh, I'm going to take Serkinov there. What do you think about um, about those two predictions with Serkinov and uh, and Ige? Well, when you, I had to look up I, I, that name. I was like, well, why do I know Gavin Soto? Because you're right. It, it didn't come to me until I, he, I don't know if you remember this. I remember back, it's been a few years, actually, 20, 2017, uh, September 2017, his first career loss, Rick Glenn. That was one of those fights where fucking Dana was just tweeting that the ref sucks because Tucker was getting his ass beat so bad. He wound up receiving 142 significant strikes out of 184 thrown. The kid had four broken bones in his face. But what I remember that, but I remember him defending the ref um, after everyone was shitting on him. That's, that's right. That's yep. Gavin Tucker, man. So we know the kid's tough. Um, going to have to be tough in there with Ige, but that, that's an interesting kind of footnote in this that um, that is his only loss. I mean, he got the shit beat out of him again. The, the, the levels on that man, the efficiency, 142 out of 184. Um, I'm gonna go Ige, but again, that makes me think like Tucker can he can he can take some uh, some damage. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big Ige. I'm a roll Ige. Uh, I, I totally agree with your uh, with your prediction with uh, Sirkuno. Uh, I almost gave him a cool ass nickname, um, Sirkunov. Uh, Coming off a win over Crew, like you said, that Peruvian necktie was fucking dope. That's been longer than again. I thought that was last year. That actually was 2019. Um, fresh as a daisy. Uh, so I, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Misha on that one. But like you're saying, that that feels like one with all these big names kind of around it. People may kind of overlook the Span Serkinov fight. Um, ben Rothwell, Felipe Lenz was one that uh, you know. Anytime we see Ben Rothwell. What is his fight number for him? This will be his 52nd MMA fight. Um, 38 and 13 coming off a loss to Tibera. Before that, he had put two in a row. It, ben Rothwell is so hard to pick fights for because you never know with like where, which and how and what Ben Rothwell is going to do. But I'm going to say he does get the win here, um, mainly because Felipe lands two losses in a row. I know he's going to be hungry, but just something in me says – Go with Rothwell. I'm gonna go with Ben Rothwell, bro. Yeah, I'm. I feel the same way you do about it. Like, Lens has fought good guys, and so I mean, Rothwell is. I mean, I remember seeing him fight for the first time in IFL. I mean, that was yeah, like, dude, I was in real. high school. Yeah, like, um, so yeah, I mean, him and Roy Nelson were like the two guys that came out of IFL, and they fought each other. Like that was like the biggest fight IFL ever had. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of secretly kind of pulling for Bren Rothwell, too, just because, like, I, I do like the guy. He's very bizarre. Like, his interviews are weird. He seems like a very weird guy, but, like, I respect that about him. Like, he's very unique, and he's very authentic, and he's himself. Like, I, I like that he's like, he's this giant Star Wars geek, but, like, he talks about it in interviews and stuff. Like, I, I respect it. So, it's like, he's, he's just a very interesting guy, and... I think that him and Felipe Lenz are going to go out there really trying to prove a point because both of them could really use this win over one another. And I'm, I'm hoping we see fireworks because it's going to be there as, you know, basically the, the third fight down from the main event and people are going to be wanting to see a knockout, I think. And 
hopefully this fight delivers because these two guys definitely have the potential to to finish the other. So uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Rothwell as well though. Yeah, a lot of a lot of names again that jump out to you on this card. Again, the main card, prelim card, both going to be on ESPN Plus this weekend. Uh, anything you want to highlight, either you know the last couple of this main card or anything on the prelim card before we get out of here? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely you know mention we got Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder. Um, but once again, both of them need wins pretty badly. Yeah. I, you know, Yoder's coming off a win over Miranda Granger, but before that had lost two in a row. Angela Hill has lost two in a row, but both split decisions to Claudia Gedalia and Michelle Watterson. So two very good fighters and two fights that could have literally gone the other way had one judge just put one point on the other side of their card. So as far as a prediction, I'm going to take Angela Hill because she her back's against the wall. I don't think her like, I don't, I really don't think her UFC career is in jeopardy at all because the two fights that she's lost back to back were so close and her last fight. I think she was also the first, I think when she fought Angela Hill, sorry, I think when Angela Hill fought Michelle Watterson, rather, I think Angela Hill was the first black woman to ever main event, a UFC show. I I'm, I'm, could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, which is also just another reason why, you know, she's awesome. And, you know, Angela Hill is just somebody who the company clearly likes a lot to, you know, put yeah, her in a position like that. And she delivers in the ring. Like, her fights are exciting, and she consistently fights, you know, top-level women. So, um, so yeah, what, I guess that just kind of reinforces, even if she loses to Ashley Yoder, I don't think it's, like, her situation is a little different. If she, if she loses three in a row, but two of them are split decisions, and one of them, you're literally, you know, breaking ground, you know, as the main event, you know, and all this stuff. So, I... I, I think that Angela Hill uh, gets the win here, kind of gets back on track, back in the win column. Uh, but Ashley Oder is a tough opponent who goes to decision with most of her fights. So I think I think Angela Hill has her work cut out for her, but I think Angela Hill will get the win here. And uh, and I'll also throw out for uh, for Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. We talked about it pre-show. Just want to give dentist. a shout out to Darren, the dentist, Stewart. Shout out to Wolf the Dentist Stanson from Mighty Ducks too, <laughs> the the coach of Team Iceland. Um, and this one's tough to call. You know, I like both fighters. I think there's going to be a finish here. I think that Anders is probably a little more well-rounded. Um, and I do have a personal kind of... Um, I do pull for Eric Anders just kind of in general. And I think I've, I've told this story before on the show, but just very quickly, um, when I was at the ufc event in it was in atlanta and i think it was the show that holloway and um that holloway and poirier main evented with adesanya and and gaslam i'm pretty sure that was the show eric anders was yeah okay that was it it was ufc 236 in atlanta he lost to khalil roundtree and I remember like later in the night, it was like not too long after he had lost his fight. He was in the stands in Atlanta and I could point him out because it wasn't like super late into the night yet. And I, I saw him sitting there like in the crowd and I'm not saying this to rat anyone out because I'm pretty sure it's against UFC protocol to do that. But nonetheless, it was clearly his family like was in the crowd and they were in a section really close to where I was. So Anders came and sat with his family and like, they were all like, 
you know, he was really, really cool. And like, he didn't, if you, if you, know, if you didn't know, you would have just thought he was anyone else. He didn't look like he'd been like in a fight or anything, you know, just minutes prior, but then people started realizing who it was and like fans started coming up to him and like, keep in mind, like once again, this guy just lost, um, yep. he's probably hurt like emotionally and physically. He's just spent a little time with his family, you know, who's at the event to support him and fans are coming up to him. And I watched him sign stuff and take pictures with every person who asked. So like that really shows like I, I gained a real big, I didn't have any reason to not respect Eric Andrews, but I gained a lot of respect for him that night. Um, without knowing a whole lot about him outside of him being, you know, a, a top level college football player. He, he seems like a really, really good guy to, to sit there and, you know, and not complain. Like I, I didn't even approach him because I felt like it would have been disrespectful, but like the fact that people were walking up to him and he was in like, that had just happened. And he was like smiling with people and thanking people for wanting his autograph. And it was just like, wow. You know, I, so I'll always kind of pull for Eric Anders after seeing something like that. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's that's always that's the good shit to hear. Uh, I was a big fan of him when he was playing football uh, back at the University of Alabama. He actually won the 2009 BCS national title while there. I think they beat Texas, and he had a little bit of a game in the in the title game. So yeah, bias uh, a little bit for both of us for different reasons, but. Um, I'd love to see him get the win. Uh, that's going to be a really good fight in the middleweight division. Uh, and I believe that's kicking off the main card, man. Um, I'm excited, bro. Uh, this is one that, again, we've got a lot around this month. Of course, 259 just happening. We're uh, a couple weeks away from 260 with all that going down. And then we've got these two cards in between this weekend's and the next week, I believe, headlined by Brunson and Kevin Holland, which I'm fired up for. But We'll get into all that next week, man. Uh, we did it, bro. We got we broke some news. Well, we didn't break the news. It was already news. But for us, it was broken about maybe Triple C coming back. We obviously got in 259. We'll preview stuff. A lot for us, man. Again, on a Monday, um, anyone that uh, anyone that feels so inclined to do so, follow me over at most KOBK on, on the Twitter. And, uh, and yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to watching these and, and chopping it up again next week, bro. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again for joining, hosting the show. And for everyone who may have skipped through the beginning of the show, make sure to jump over to independentwrestling.tv. Check out New South Pro Wrestling's Haas Tournament. Do it. It was, it was from this past Friday and Saturday. It's available right now on demand. Go to iwtv.live or independentwrestling.tv. Use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, all is one word, <coughs> excuse me, all is one word, no spaces. Put it in there, five days for free. You can watch the entire two-night Haas tournament, totally free. You can check out the service and watch their whole back catalog, totally for free. If you want to use the code later and use it for an upcoming live show, use it then. But either way, whenever you use it, you get five days, totally for free. Take advantage of that, check it out, enjoy some great professional wrestling over there at independentwrestling.tv. Use code Fight Talk. And also make sure to follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I'll uh, try to keep everything updated there that I got going on this week. I'll be doing the Impact Wrestling Watch Along that we do every Tuesday at twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. That'll be tomorrow night at the time of this recording. But that's every Tuesday. 
<clears throat> we uh, we go live usually about 10 minutes till 8 p.m. Eastern. So about 10 minutes before Impact Wrestling starts on Tuesdays. Once again, that's twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Speaking of Fightful, if you want to listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast where I talk about a lot of independent pro wrestling. I talk the NWA, they're coming back. We talk Ring of Honor. We talk Impact. We talk... Uh, beyond wrestling we talk about a whole bunch of stuff uh, and i give match recommendations and um and show recommendations for iwtv a whole bunch of stuff over there i i recap being the elite every week um that's all over at fightfulselect.com as a part of fightful's patreon service the fightful select weekender and uh and yeah anything else that i do any video editing any other shows that i'm a part of oh and also i'll say this now because i don't want to forget but on uh, this upcoming Saturday, we have Impact Wrestling Sacrifice on Impact Plus. That night at like 10 p.m., I'm going to be going live with Bill and Doug, who are uh, like two OGs of the YouTube wrestling community. Uh, they haven't been on camera together in over a decade, I think. And oh, wow. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be like the two of them are going to be on camera and I'm going to be there with them kind of like feeding them questions from the chat and stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm honored to have been, you know, asked to be a part of it. And that'll be this upcoming Saturday. The YouTube channel is called hit you with the real, uh, that you is with the letter U and just, uh, just check that out. We'll be live on Saturday night. And of course I'll be live throughout the week on Jesse Davin's YouTube channel. Just go on YouTube, type in J-E-S-S-I-D-A-V-I-N. And while you're at it, go to All Things MMA as well and check out some of the videos that I edit. So that's going to do it. You got anything else before you uh, sign off here, Moe's? I love Eddie Kingston, that's all. Yes, we both love Eddie Kingston. Shout out to the king. Yeah. And uh, that's that's going to be it. We'll, uh, we'll be back next Monday talking some more mixed martial arts.